Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker, All the Games. This is episode 20. We're coming at you from the northeast coast of the United States, November 2022. I'm your host, Sean. Online as different beer-related names, depending on where you play. We have a fun and informative show for you today, where we'll be focusing on Deuce to Seven Dramaha. We'll find out what I'm drinking for this episode, then we'll get to Deuce to Seven Dramaha, and you'll get to hear about my recent play since the last episode, as well as my take on some news in the poker world that will have a large impact on the legality of card rooms. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy shooting the shit about all things poker and beer. Since poker is a social game, I'm a brewer, I enjoy beer, as well as playing poker. As usual, I'll be cracking open an alcoholic beverage for today's episode. I'm taking a bit break from beer today, and we'll be cracking open a hard seltzer. Today's beer, <clears throat> hard seltzer, is one from a brewery in South Jersey. This particular brewery is not far from the one that I previously co-owned, and it is owned by a friend who is also a member of the Brew Jersey Homebrew Club that I founded. And yes, there are even more ties to this brewery. He also worked for us at Tom Fullery Brewing for a while. This one is from Wims Brewing Company in Atco, New Jersey, and it is their native prick seltzer. Yes, you heard that right. Native prick hard seltzer. I'm pouring this one from a 16-ounce can into a Spiegelow lager glass. Why a lager glass for this one? Well, for starters, there is no specific seltzer glass that I'm aware of. Besides, it's a large glass to accommodate the 16-ounce pour. It has a wide open top, which I find appropriate for a seltzer. And, well, it's a Spiegelow glass, allowing for the best tasting experience of any glass on the market period. Let's have a smell. Oh, very, very different, of course, from a beer, right, which I usually review. Nice, nice fruity smell. I like it. I don't know, maybe some, some watermelon. I mean, it's, we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, the actual reason here of, uh, you know, it's called native prick because there's prickly pear cactus in this so I guess right that's where the smell is coming from but fruity um, a little bit sweet let's uh, let's have let's have a look nice reasonable amount of foam that's perfectly acceptable for a seltzer um, a lot of bubbles coming up good carbonation it looks like we'll see when we get to the we'll find out when we get to the taste and as one might expect this seltzer is very clear and it has a beautiful color to it I wish you could see this it's like a a purpley pink kind of hue and a very, very pretty color. Now the best part, let's have a taste. 
Oh, well, not bad, not bad. I guess watermelon, uh, maybe some some kiwi, definitely some sweetness to this one. Um, and all, all that, of course, is coming from the prickly pear cactus that is actually native to New Jersey, believe it or not. I'd say medium to high carbonation, which is expected for a seltzer, and the native prick hard seltzer from Wims Brewing Company in Atco, New Jersey, comes in at 8% ABV, so let's talk some poker. Remember that our focus here is non-hold'em poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games and or those looking to branch into other variations of poker. Whether you're a dealer, player, or card room manager, our goal is to bring you the rules, the deal, and easy-to-remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. Today's episode will be covering Deuce to Seven Dramaha. Now that is spelled D-R-A-M-A-H-A. And the reason I mention this is because of another game called Dramaha, which is spelled D-R-A-W-M-A-H-A. So there's just an extra W in there, um, and it's a different game, and I will discuss Dramaha in episode 21, but today is Deuce to Seven Dramaha. So let's get started. Why Deuce to Seven Dramaha? Well, we talked about Dramaha High in episode 19, and this is a small twist on that game, so it's appropriate to cover the Deuce to Seven variation in this week's episode. All right, let's get to the general play and rules of Deuce to Seven Dramaha. This game is played the same as Dramaha High, which was discussed in episode 19. It is a combination of a drawing game and a flop game with fixed limit betting, with the exception that one half of the pot is won by the player with the best deuce to seven lowball hand, and the other half of the pot is won by the player with the best five card Omaha high hand. As mentioned, this is a combination of a drawing game and a flop game with fixed limit betting. Therefore, it is a split pot game, but not a high-low split pot game. Instead, the pot is split between two different games within one. Deuce to Seven Dramaha is a combination of the two games Deuce to Seven Low Ball Single Draw discussed in Episode 11 and the flop game of Big O High, also known as Five Card Omaha High, discussed in Episode 3. In the end, each player will be dealt five cards with one draw to complete the deuce to seven low ball draw hand, and there will also be five community cards dealt. The player with the best five card deuce to seven low ball draw hand using the five cards in their hand wins one half of the pot. The player with the best five card big O high hand using exactly two cards from their hand and exactly three cards of the five community cards wins the other half of the pot. Like all split pot games, one player can scoop the entire pot. If one player has both the best deuce to seven low ball draw hand and the best big O high hand, that player scoops the entire pot. Hand rankings for the deuce to seven low ball hand are the same as in deuce to seven low ball draw. Specifically, that half of the pot goes to the player with the lowest 
five-card hand, keeping in mind the following exceptions. Deuces, that is twos, play for low, and aces play for high. So a deuce is the lowest card in deuce to seven. Get it? Deuce to seven, deuce is the lowest card. And straights and flushes do count against making a low. So if you have a straight or a flush, you do not have a low hand. You have a straight or a flush, which is a very poor hand in a low ball game. So with all that said, with the exceptions, the deuce to seven part of the pot, two, three, four, five, seven, not all of the same suit is the best deuce to seven low ball hand. Easy to remember because it's right in the name of the game, deuce to seven low ball. Two, three, four, five, seven, not all of the same suit. And the traditional high poker hand rankings are used to determine the winner for the big O high hand half of the pot. All right, how to deal and play deuce to seven drama ha. Here are the specifics. A small blind and big blind are used for the two positions immediately to the left of the dealer button, respectively. After the blinds are posted, five cards are dealt to each player face down, one at a time, starting with the player to the immediate left of the dealer button, also known as the small blind, and proceeding clockwise around the table. A round of betting occurs, where each player, starting with the player to the left of the big blind, known as the under-the-gun player, takes action as either folding, matching the big blind, or raising to a larger amount. And those amounts are dependent upon, since we said this is a fixed limit game, it's just dependent upon the limits that are posted uh, before you get into the game. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, beginning with the player closest to the left of the dealer button who is still in the hand, a card is burned and three cards are placed face up in the middle of the table with, the, with these three cards known as the flop. Another round of betting takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button, who is still in the hand, and continuing clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, beginning with the player closest to the left of the dealer button, who is still in the hand, each player is then prompted one at a time to discard any cards they wish to replace in their hand. Now remember, you may choose to discard up to all five cards, although it's not recommended, or not to discard any cards, which is also known as standing pat. Once all players at the table and still in the hand have acted by discarding the cards they wish to replace, the dealer replaces those cards in turn by dealing the same number of cards discarded by each player all face down to each of the respective players. Once this first and only draw is complete, Without burning a card, a fourth card, known as fourth street or the turn, is placed face up to the immediate right of the flop cards. Another round of betting takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button, who is still in the hand, and continuing clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, again, without burning a card, a fifth card, known as fifth street or the river is placed face up to the immediate right of the fourth street card. A final round of betting takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button who is still in the hand and continuing clockwise around the table.
finally, the showdown, where one or two winners is determined with the player that has the lowest deuce to seven hand using the deuce to seven hand ranking system mentioned earlier, being made using all five of the cards in their hand, winning one half of the pot. And the player with the best big O high hand using exactly two of their whole cards plus exactly three of the five community cards winning the other half of the pot. If one player has both the best deuce to seven low ball draw hand and the best big O high hand, that player scoops the entire pot. That is, they win the entire pot. Okay, that's the uh, specific deal and play. Let's get into some beginner's tips for deuce to seven drama, huh, to get you started. Just a few tips uh, for this one. Remember, just remembering the rules, as I say on every episode, remember the rules of the game. That's number one. And a reminder, this is a hybrid of deuce to seven low ball draw and big O high, also known as five card Omaha high. The deuce to seven low ball draw hand is more important than the Omaha high hand, right? The Omaha hand can be changed by the river card, but the best draw hand is unchanged after the first draw. So in that respect, worry more about your draw hand up front as, again, the the Omaha hand, after you're betting on your five-card draw hand, there's still the turn and river card to come that can improve your Omaha hand. So start with the best five-card draw hand since there's only one draw. The best Omaha high hands, now this it's going to sound, you know, uh, pretty straightforward, but again, just remembering these things is going to go a long way, but the best Omaha high hands have little chance to win the deuce to seven low ball half of the pot. So those are specifics of the deal and play, a few beginner's tips for strategy to get you started in deuce to seven drama ha. So now let's talk about my recent play since episode 19. First, let's start with home games. I took down some nice wins in the most recent two home games since episode 19. This most recent home game episode, I ended up arriving a little late, um, but made a good run in a short time before the game ended up breaking. I hit a few cards, and I busted two or three, I believe two players, um, one where I had pocket sevens against my opponent's ace-king. My opponent was all in. Uh, I made the call with the pocket sevens, and uh, no improvement on the ace-king hand. And then the other hand, I believe I may have had pocket tens, um, another all-in by my opponent, um, and they had a big big pocket ace, and uh, again, no improvement, uh, whew, made, made it through those. Um, in any event, um, within probably about $50 of uh, my big, almost $300 home game loss a few weeks ago that I described uh, in episode 19, or 18, I'm sorry, and uh, stay tuned. Uh, and find out if I can close that gap in the next uh, home game or games before episode 21. Online play, still no online play. I seem to be moving away from online play, Um, and you've heard that if you've listened to the last uh, couple few episodes, uh, just with everything else going on. And uh, I, I, as you know by now, if you've listened to previous episodes, I I much prefer live play um, over online. But we'll see if I end up finding any time or interest in playing any in the future, there are some PokerStars Platinum Passes being awarded on PokerStars Online, and I'm super interested in those. Um, so we'll see if I get a chance to uh, take a shot at uh, winning a 
PokerStars Platinum Pass, which I discussed a few episodes um, for that $25,000 tournament taking place in the Bahamas in uh, Bahamar in early 2023. Finally, um, play since... uh, since the last episode, casino games, no casino play since the last episode. Coming up, though, uh, if you listen to, I forget which episode, but I talked about Jack's Casino in Cleveland, Ohio. They've been holding some tournaments fairly regularly with another event coming up uh, called the Jack Quarterly Series, and that's going to run from November 21st through December 4th, and it includes a $1,000 eight-handed PLO tournament on Sunday, November 27th a $250 ladies event, uh, No Limit Hold'em, on Cyber Monday, November 28th, as well as a double board bomb pot No Limit Hold'em, and a $300 Omaha 8 or Better event on Wednesday, November 30th. So, you know, some different stuff. A couple of them are, you know, there's obviously a lot of No Limit Hold'em events, but a few there, a double board bomb pot Hold'em event, a ladies event, which is awesome. Uh, Omaha eight or better, uh, an eight-handed PLO. So we got a few mixed games going in there, and a few variations on uh, No Limit Hold'em, which uh, which is very cool to see. Um, not quite East Coast, but not not too far. You know, I, I drove out there um, a couple of months ago for a tournament. So uh, not sure if I'll make it out there for any of that, but it is on my radar. And if you get a chance, uh, check them out. It's a, it's a great poker room to play in. A lot of nice. Uh, the staff is wonderful, and uh, the players are actually uh, quite friendly as well. Finally, let's talk about some recent news from the poker world that could very likely have a large impact on the industry. For quite some time now, there's been raids by law enforcement and judgments against social poker clubs in Texas. A little bit of history. Since January 2022, Texas Card House in Dallas, Texas, has had an ongoing legal battle where their certificate of occupancy was being revoked. Then in March of 2022, the Board of Adjustments unanimously voted to reinstate their CO, their certificate of occupancy. Then the city's building inspection official brought a lawsuit against the Board of Adjustments saying their decision to allow Texas Cardhouse to continue to operate was illegal. Keep in mind, this is the same city building inspection office that initially gave approval for this business to operate. Go figure. It almost goes without saying there's a good chance this will end up in the Texas Supreme Court, which can lead to large implications, not only in Texas, but uh, also uh, across the country. On a seemingly different note, and you'll, you'll Bear with me here. Um, I'm going to tie this all together. On a seemingly different note, back in early October of 2022, Waltaga Social Poker Club in Waltaga, Texas. Yeah, now I've had to say that name twice, that town name, which I'm likely not pronouncing correctly. But um, Waltaga Social Poker Club in October 2022 was raided and staff was arrested and poker players were issued citations. All this in the middle of a tournament, so authorities could and did seize more than $100,000 in prize money that was all contributed by the players. Over $100,000 in prize money seized by authorities. Texas, back to the Texas Cardhouse 
Um, so right now, right, we, we've talked about Texas Cardhouse, Wataga Social Poker Club, raids, um, and, and going through the legal system. So the Texas Cardhouse lawsuit and potential implications based on casinos, specifically Las Vegas Sands, trying to get a bill passed to permit cas- casinos. So we have Texas Cardhouse, we have Wataga involved in some, some legal um, judgments and arrests. And then we have a bill trying to be passed by Las Vegas Sands to permit brick-and-mortar casinos. Do not think for a moment that these two issues are separate from one another. The story I have not seen written about is that there is a good chance that the casino industry, specifically Sands, is pushing to out, that is close, card rooms in Texas, so that way Sands has a foothold for brick-and-mortar casinos. The Texas Cardhouse and Wataga incidents are likely test cases. If TC, if the uh, Texas Cardhouse and or Wataga ends up being shut down, casinos will extremely likely be permitted and soon thereafter expect to see all card rooms outside of casinos in Texas will be closed down. Now, keep in mind, the Texas Sands Political Action Committee was formed in January 2022. Remember the date the raids on card rooms in Texas started that I mentioned above? Well, in case you don't, it was January 2022, same month, same year that Texas Sands Political Action Committee was formed. So to elaborate a little more on what Sands uh, is trying to do, they're pushing to build casinos in four major metro areas in Texas, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, and Austin. Of course, Dallas being what I believe is the largest market, market, likely why Texas Cardhouse was targeted as the test case. Make no mistake, if the lawsuit against Texas Hard Cardhouse stands and they're forced to close, eventually other card rooms in Texas will be targeted too. The Lodge Poker Room in Round Rock will most certainly be on that list due to its proximity to Austin, which is one of the four metro areas currently under consideration for a casino. This happens in industries across the United States when big money is involved and they get city officials, gaming officials, law enforcement, etc. on their side to shut down what I consider mom and pop businesses that would so obviously hurt their mega casino businesses, for example. Do you detect the sarcasm there from me? Look, I watched this happen in New Jersey, where the New Jersey Restaurant Association has been and is still cutting into brewery revenue by working with the New Jersey Alcoholic Beverage Commission to restrict breweries from, yes, believe it or not, in New Jersey, breweries are restricted from selling food. They have restrictions on showing big sporting events on TV, even though we all paid our cable bills as breweries to air those events. Somehow, the Alcoholic Beverage Commission believes they can prevent you from airing sporting events that you've paid a cable company to air in a commercial business. I've watched this happen in Pennsylvania between casinos and social clubs, where a private club was raided by law enforcement dressed in riot gear and, sorry, I need a moment, this is so fucking comical. <laughs> law enforcement with enough firepower that you'd think they were in Afghanistan and equipped with battering rams where they busted in and found, wow, you are never going to believe what they found. A few elderly gentlemen 
sitting around a small round table having coffee and eggs and playing cards, poker, with about 250 total dollars on the table. No, I didn't say 250000 I said $250 total on the table. This was early in 2004. Oh, wait. Guess when Pennsylvania legislators passed Act 71 legalizing casinos within the state. Damn, I knew you'd guess it. Yep, it was 2004. There's a bit more to what happened then and is still happening in Pennsylvania between casinos and small shops having slot machine-like games that oh-so-obviously must cut oh-so-deep into casino revenue. Sarcasm alarm is ringing again. But I think I've provided enough so you can see where I'm going with the lawsuits and law enforcement raids against card rooms in Texas and the Sands Casino interest in building brick-and-mortar casinos there. Finally, if you want to learn more about Deuce to Seven Dramaha or any mixed games, head over to Amazon for my book, Poker, All the Games, A Comprehensive Introductory Guide to Mixed Games. There you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games. And the book is more than just the rules and play of 23 mixed poker games. It's a good reference for definitions and all terms related to poker. And what the book is really meant to do is to s- settle down and basically set down in writing the rules for these 23 mixed games. Because if you go online, there's always little variations. You do this, this is a button, this game, this is an anti-game. You burn a card here, you don't burn a card, card there. The book is really a reference to set all this down in writing so everybody is playing the game similarly wherever they play it. Well, that's all for episode 20, Deuce to Seven, Drama Ha. Thank you for listening to Poker All the Games. Follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R All the Games. Subscribe for free at pokerchannel.substack.com. And as an aside, if you subscribe on Substack, and Substack is spelled S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K, if you subscribe on Substack, you are able to leave comments there on this story or any of the episodes. And join us again in two weeks for episode 21, where we will keep the action going with Draw Maha. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can. Mm-hmm.